Well, we're almost 11 hours into 2017, and um, uh, I, I know we all have opinions about 2016. I know the fashionable opinion is that it was awful, and we're so glad to see it go, and we're ready for something new uh, to take place. And I think some of that's driven by the fact that uh, a lot of celebrities passed away. It seems like it seems like more than normal. Uh, passed away in 2016. We just went through a really, really bizarre election. And so just all of these circumstances of 2016 that uh, I, I see a lot of people posting good riddance 2016, glad you're gone, ready for something new. But uh, I, I don't know what your experience was. Uh, but pr- probably uh, a lot of us here, we, we had a great year. 2016 was a great year, and at the same time, the person sitting next to you, maybe it wasn't a great year. Maybe it was a bad year. Maybe it was a really tough year for you, a really good year for the person sitting next to you. Probably for most of us, 2016 was a lot like most years in that there were parts of it that were great. There were parts of it that were fantastic. We had some really good things happen, and then we had some really bad things happen, maybe even some really tragic things Happen. That's kind of the way 365 days are. They're, they're probably not all bad. They're probably not all good. There's probably a mix of that again today and, and over the last week. Uh, Webster's Dictionary's word for 2016, maybe you heard what it is. Webster's Dictionary decided that the word for 2016 was surreal which I wish I was making that up, and I wish that's not a word you really want to go for, but that's, they've decided this is the year we're going to, this is the word we're going to describe 2016 as. Whatever your experience was, good, bad, a little of both, surreal, whatever, the one thing that's true for all of us is it's done. It's, we turn the page. Uh, almost 11 hours ago on Eastern time, we, we turned the page. 2016 can't be relived. It can't be undone. There, I mean, there are some things maybe that you did in 2016 that have consequences in 2017, but you can't go back and undo those. You can't change those. You can't go back and relive those. The reality for all of us is it's, it's done, and so today's the day that we, we turn and we start looking forward. Um, I, I also realize there are mixed opinions about resolutions and goal setting, and I'm not here to argue with you one way or the other. What I, what I am trying to say today is this, this is a, in the, in the rhythm of the year, in the rhythm of the seasons, this, this is a good time to kind of rethink some things. This is a, this is a good sort of natural transition to step back and ask, are, are there things I want to do differently this year from last year? And could you do that in March? Yes, you could do that in March. Could you do it on your birthday? You could do it on your birthday. You could do it any time that you wanted to do it. But this just seems like a really clear time, a, a really clear time to self-assess, kind of do a little inventory, and then look to the future and, and ask, do I want to make some changes? Are, are, are there some goals I want to set? Is, is there some new direction that I want to see? It may not be the perfect moment for everybody, but it's a clear moment, right? It's a clear moment. It's a clear transition. We're in the process of training ourselves not to say 2016, but to begin saying 2017, right? Back in the olden days, we used to have to 
change the way we wrote our checks. Remember back when we wrote checks a long time ago? And we'd have to train ourselves not to write last year and start writing this year. We don't, nobody writes checks anymore. But that's, that's kind of my point. My point is, this is, a year, this is a season, this is a moment, a day even, where the passage of time is kind of on our mind. The fact that things are changing. We don't write checks so much anymore. Technologies. Booming. How many of you did most, if not all, of your shopping on Amazon Prime? Like on, on the computer you order. Yeah, there's more of that. This is a time of year when we realize, you know what? Whether I like it or not, whether I want to think about it or not, time just keeps moving. Things keep changing. So it seems like a very natural time for us to self-assess. Right? From, from what I saw on social media, it was pretty obvious that time's passing for Mariah Carey, right? I don't know. Just, I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. But like my social media feed just exploded on poor Mariah. And I, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. But I, I think it's pretty clear. Time's marching on for all of us, even the celebrities. I mean, this is just a time of year. It's really clear. Time's moving on. Things are changing. Things, things are different. Now, let me add to this. The Bible doesn't say anything about New Year's resolutions. Right? There's not like, open your Bibles to the chapter on New Year's resolutions, and let's see what Jesus said about it. Right? Our calendar wasn't even around when the Bible was written. So uh, there, there are festivals and, and calendar markings and, and the sense of new beginnings and, and transitions and stopping. That's all throughout the Bible. But also what you find in the Bible is a sense of planning, a sense of looking forward, a sense of considering what it's going to take for me to get from point A to point B. Let me give you an, a New Testament example and an Old Testament example. New, New Testament examples in Luke chapter 14. It's kind of long. I think we probably read this one before. But Luke chapter 14, this is Jesus talking. And he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king, won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. And Jesus is making that larger point at the end, and we're going to come back to it in just a little bit. But the illustrations he uses are, don't you plan for things? Don't, don't you look ahead? Don't you anticipate like, don't you figure out what the goal is and then step back and ask, okay, what do I need to do to get to that goal? Or what is it going to cost me? What steps do I need to take to get to that goal? Those are, those are the illustrations that Jesus goes for. Um, in the Old Testament, in Proverbs chapter 24, in Proverbs, if you're not familiar, it's, it's a lot of life wisdom, life skills, like this, is, this would be a smart way to go about living your life. This would be a pretty dumb way to go about living your life. And it, it, it segues between long descriptions of one topic and then short descriptions of a bunch of different topics. In one of the sections where it's just kind of 
a lot of bullet points about random topics, we find this verse in Proverbs 24, 27. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Which if you just saw that and you didn't know it was in the Bible, you might think, that's not in the Bible. What is that doing in the Bible? Obviously, it was very context-specific in the sense that the audience was primarily agrarian, farmer-type uh, folks. And so there's a practical sense of, hey, you've got two really important things going on in your life. You need to prioritize which to do first. And in this case, prioritize your field. Get, get the crops planted because you need that to feed your family. You need that to provide resources for the rest of your life. Make do with your house right now till you get the crops in the field. Then it's going to take the crops a while to grow. And while that's happening, then you can focus on your house. Neither one of them are bad. They're both good. They're both needed. The, the proverb is just saying, figure out the priority that needs to get done first and do it first and then get to the second part. It's the principles, because most of us aren't farmers, it's the principle of planning and priority, which transcends farming, it transcends this context. In every area of our life, the proverb writer is saying, look, figure out what's most important and give your energy there first, and then, secondly, give your energy to the other things. So here we are. 11 hours or so into 2017. And this is, a, this is, I think, a good time to ask, where am I going to put my energy in 2017? Like, What's the priority where I'm going to pour my mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational energies, financial energies, whatever? Where am I going to put that? Essentially, it's you and I choosing a destination, or, or multiple destinations maybe, it's, it's us choosing a destination for 2017. Where do I want to go? When you, when you get ready to go somewhere, you pull up your GPS and you, you put in the destination. I want to end up here, and then you hit the button and you get a map. Okay, if you want to get there, here are the directions. But you put a destination in to begin with. That's the first step. This is where I want to end up. New Year's Day. This coming week, first week of the year, this is a great time to say, where do I want to end up at the end of 2017? Where do, where do I want to end up in my life? So a couple of suggestions related to that. One, I, I would encourage you to think in categories. If you're going to do this process, if you're, if you're going to work through this process, think in categories. Uh, career, where do I want to end up? Um, family, where do I, where do, what's the destination? In my marriage, what's the destination? In my relationships, what's the destination? Physically, after you eat Krispy Kreme donuts, where do I want to end up? I, what's my goal there spiritually? Where, where do I want to end up? Where do I want to arrive at in 2017? Recreationally or leisure, how am I going to What's my goal for getting the necessary rest that I need so that I can get to these other things, the other priorities in my life? So think about these categories of your life and where you want to go in those categories. Secondly, get, get clarity on where you are currently. And bef like before you start, figure out where you are. You, you type in your destination in the GPS 
And it figures out where you're going, but it also figures out where you are, right? Because you need that information to get to where you're going. We've all spent time in the mall, most of us, uh, over the last month, Christmas, whether it was shopping or pictures with Santa or we're going out to eat or we're going to the movies. We've all spent time in the mall. And if you go to the mall directory looking for a store, you kind of do the alphabetize and you find the store and you find it on the map and that's one part of the information that you need. But the other thing that the mall directory, the mall map tells you is where you are, right? It has a, a star or a circle and the words, you are here because you need that in order to get there. You need real, clear, real clarity on this is where I'm starting from, so I go right and then upstairs, or I'm starting from over here, so I go left. In order to get to your destination, you need to know where you're starting from. In our church, we have people who complete uh, Ironman competitions. Most of us are not starting there in 2017, right? Like my You Are Here star, it doesn't have Iron Man anywhere close to it. Like nowhere. I'm not starting from there. And if I'm trying to get somewhere, I've got to be realistic about where I'm starting from. I can't start from somebody else's starting point. I've got to say, God, where am I starting from? And what are the steps that I need to take in order to get there? You can't start from somewhere you're not. right? And this is part of... This is just honest, objective evaluation of me. This is where looking to other people may not be real helpful. Looking to other people can be helpful for motivation or inspiration. It's not real helpful for comparison. Because I can't start 2017 from where you are in any area of my life. I've got to get really clear, really objective, and really honest about where I am. So, where am I going? And where am I starting from? Listen, just, just spiritually, a lot of people start out the year and think, well, I want, to, I want to read the Bible more, or I want to read the Bible through in a year, or I want to have a personal devotion time. If you've been spending 15 minutes a day in God's Word, then spending 20 minutes may be the right place for you, because that's where you're starting from. If you haven't been doing a devotional at all in 2016, deciding that I'm going to do 20 minutes a day is probably going to be really frustrating for you. That's why you need to know I'm here. The second part of that is understand that progress, not perfection, is the destination. Progress, not perfection, is the destination. This is why it's good to be really, really honest about where you are. Say, look, this is where I am. How do I take a step forward? None of us are going to be perfect. None, none of us are going to get it completely right. Uh, it, if I didn't read a, a book that somehow helped me all of last year, 2016, I didn't read the first book that had some sort of spiritual or personal or leadership benefit, reading one book in 2017 is progress. That's progress. Like I've taken a step somewhere. If I, if I didn't open God's Word at all personally, other than when I came to church or, or, or went to a church activity, if I didn't open God's Word at all last year, 
Five minutes, three times a week, that's progress. That's something. If I didn't save any money last year, $50 a month is progress. When it comes to these destinations, the goal is progress, not perfection. Another suggestion. You and I can't do everything, so remember less is more. When it comes to figuring out, like, who do I want to become in 2017? Where do I want to go? What do I want to happen in my relationships? No matter what we've been told, we can't do everything. You just can't. You can't. I can't. It is unlikely, I would say it is impossible, that you and I are going to make significant changes in 30 areas of our lives. We're just not. It is unlikely, probably impossible, that you and I are going to make changes in 20 areas of our lives. What is more likely is that you and I would make significant changes in five areas of our lives, or three areas, or two areas of our lives. The temptation when we start thinking goals and where do I want to go and, and praying is to just start making lists. Just start listing all of the things. Well, I feel bad if I don't put that on the list, and I need to put that on the list, and everybody's putting this on the list, and my parents tell me to put that on my list, and my spouse says I need to put that on my list, and there's all this pressure to build this huge list. You are not going to accomplish that list. You're just not. I don't mean to discourage you. I don't mean to be negative. You're just not. What you might do is decide that, you know, here's... Here's three areas that, that I really could focus on. I mean, I, I really could zero in on these three things. Instead of trying to keep up with these 20 things that are probably all good things, and maybe I do need to change all 20 of them, but I'm going to look at that list of 20 things for about three days, and I'm going to throw it in the trash can. I'm never going to look at it again. This is one of the reasons we fail so often at resolutions. is because we have 20 and we get frustrated and discouraged instead of picking out two or three or four. This was the idea of that proverb. Start with something. Don't try to do both and. Don't, don't try to halfway do that and halfway do this. Both of them need to be done, but pick a place to start and focus on that. Look, it would be better in 2017... To have a list of two goals that we accomplish than 20 goals we don't accomplish. It would be better to say, look, I'm going to bring my energy and focus around these couple of things. That could have the biggest impact on my life. That could make the most changes for me. What tends to happen is we feel guilty for stuff we don't put on the list, right? We feel guilty that we didn't put this on, so I got to add that, and it's not spiritual enough, and so I got to add this, and I got to put these four things, and my pastor said this, it was one of his illustrations, so I got to put that on there. The, the truth is, a God goal is always better than a guilt goal. A God goal, one that you've really prayed about, one that you've really looked at your own heart and life, and, and you've spent some time in God's Word, and you've spent some time in prayer, and you know this one is something God's put in front of me. God's put this in my mind. That is so much more effective than a guilt goal, because guilt is not motivating for very long. 
you won't be able to accomplish everything. I won't be able to accomplish everything. So let's ask, what are the three or four goals I could set in 2017 that if accomplished would have the biggest impact on my life and the lives of others? Like these are the key ones. These are the, this is the work in your fields first and then work in your house. These are the ones that will have the biggest impact. And by biggest impact, I mean you, you have to decide what that is. And maybe ending world hunger is that. I mean, maybe that's the one for you. But, but maybe it's, it's a smaller goal just in your heart and just in your life that's going to have a ripple effect in other places. It, what, is, what is the biggest impact? That if I really focused on this one instead of these 20 could really change some things for me, could change my future, could change my 2017. And, and, and maybe... Maybe for some of us, and maybe for all of us, just the decision that my spiritual life is going to get priority in 2017, that, that it's going to get a place of priority. And there are other things, and it's maybe not the only goal in my life, but, but my spiritual life is going to get elevated and prioritized in 2017, just, just a decision that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship whenever I'm in town. I, I'm going to be in worship. That, that's going to be a priority. It's not going to be, if nothing else is going on, this is going to be a priority in my life. It's going to be a priority that my kids are in Journey Kids Ministry in 2017 because I, I want them to hear the word. I want them to be memorizing scripture like it's happening in Journey Kids. I, I want them to, to, to know God's love and to experience the, the love of God through the people who minister in that area. It's going to be a priority that my students are here for Journey students. It's going to be a priority. It's not going to be after we get everything else done and if there's nothing else and, and, and we haven't decided to play 14 sports. If, if, what, what if this becomes a priority in 2017, your, your, your walk with God? Your, your spiritual life gets elevated not to an afterthought but to a priority. This, is, this was Jesus' ultimate point in the passage I read from Luke. His ultimate point was, look, being my follower, be, being my disciple, it calls for a reprioritization of your life. It, it calls for eternal things, spiritual things, to get moved to the top of the priority list, not just sort of hang out close to the bottom or in the middle or after all those other things that I, I really want to do. I mean, his whole point was, you got to put the spiritual, your spiritual walk at the top. You've got to focus on that area. And maybe for some of us, that's just where it needs to start. For us and for our, our kids and for, for our teenagers, that this year, my walk with God, my spiritual growth, my, my worship with other believers is, is going to be a priority for me. Now, here's, here's what takes the pressure off a little bit. It's, it's the, the reality that whether I meet my 2017 goals or not, 
doesn't change God's love for me or the fact that Christ died for me. I mean, that's sort of like the relief valve is, is I'm not trying to earn something from God with these priorities. I'm not trying to earn something from God. God already loves me. That's never changing. Christ died for me. That's never changing. I, I've experienced his grace and his freedom and his forgiveness. I, I get to pursue these things. I get to pursue these goals knowing that I'm already affirmed. I'm already loved in Christ by God. God wants to, but, but maybe there are some things that God wants to do in me in 2017. His love's not going to change, but maybe there are some, some things that God wants to do in me if, if I just prioritize him in 2017. If I prioritize him in my family, with my kids, and, and, and with my teenagers, Maybe there's growth. Maybe there are experiences that I will have because I'm walking closer to Him. Because what I know about all of us is God wants to take all of us somewhere in 2017.